Would you stand this morning and let's praise the Lord. Lord, we come before you this morning, Lord. We lift you high.
here today. Lift your hands and let us thank the Lord for his presence and his power. Thank you, Lord, that you can lift us higher than the things of this world that can pull us down. We serve a great God, don't we? That's a beautiful song. Thank you, choir. Thank you. Welcome this morning to Stratford Heights. To you that are watching, by the way, of the internet and you that are here this morning, this is a good day to be in God's house. We've just come from early service and the Sunday school hour, and now we're here at the mid-morning service. Pastor Richard's got an announcement for you. I have two announcements. The first one is, don't you just love Pastor Liz Amberge? We love her. We've been praying for her and Virgil continually. The other thing is that I want to mention real quick is we are having baptism. As soon as we get done shaking hands here in just a second, we're having baptism service. And I, I say that because I want to appreciate all of our visitors and families that have come with those to see those that are going to participate in baptism. It's a wonderful time, a wonderful celebration, a mark, a mile marker in people's lives between them and the Lord. And it's beautiful and wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today and being a part of that. Now we're turning it back over to Liz. Thank you, Pastor Richard. Thank you. We love him, don't we? I want you to help me quote a ver two verses this morning by memory. You know it. We don't need it on the screen. John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Then verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God for the message of Jesus. The choir's already sang about how he, come, he came to lift us up. And I thank God that coming to church is like a shot in the arm. It is. It lifts you up and it lifts your spirit man up. You know, the spirit man needs feeding too. And we're going to be fed today by the word of God. Our pastor preached a great message. He always does. Thank you for coming. Now, we want you to shake hands and greet people that are around you and those that you know. And tell them, God bless you. Say that to them. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my sister. Turn and shake hands and greet those that you don't know too.
praise the Lord this morning. We thank God for all that He's doing in our church, but one of the most wonderful things that God is doing is how He changes and transforms our lives and we follow Him in discipleship and growth. We have people that want to be baptized this morning. Well, <laughs> Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 through 20 says this, Hear the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. And remember, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We know that baptism is one of those sacraments, and, and it's, a, it's a commandment of the Lord that when we follow him in baptism, I believe it seals that covenant with God. It makes a declaration to the entire world and mostly to the enemy himself that we have chosen a side. How many of you have chosen your side this morning? You've chosen the side to serve the Lord and to be faithful to him and to follow and do everything you can in your power to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what these folks are going to be doing this morning. And I think, and part of the reason why I kind of waited for you to respond to me was that I think it ought to be in a very exciting and wonderful time in our church when people are baptized. Can I get an amen? It ought to be something that we celebrate and that we're excited about. We're going to go on in the service and we're going to have preaching this morning and we're actually going to dedicate a baby in a few moments and we're going to do all kinds of things. But one of the first things we're going to do right now is baptize. So I want to thank the Lord for those who want to follow him and that commandment of being baptized. We want you to know we, we're going to be baptizing again in a couple of weeks. And if you would like to follow that Lord in that commandment in your life and, and want to seal that, that commitment, that covenant with him, then we want you to see Melissa Grawl or any of our staff and get signed up and get ready. We're going we're gonna to enjoy this, and it's a celebration today. So I want you to, to get alert and to praise God with me as we celebrate baptism this morning, starting with the very first person, uh, sister, sister Lydia Turner is coming to be baptized. She is wanting to desperately follow the Lord in the commandment to be baptized this morning. She's accepted Jesus Christ into her life, been raised up in church, and she wants to follow the Lord in that commandment this morning. So Lydia, if you get ready here, there you are. As your pastor, it is my privilege and my honor because of your testimony that you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life. What an honor for me as your pastor to be able to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
little Julia, and she also has accepted Jesus into her heart, as you saw, and she wants to follow the Lord this morning in baptism as he has commanded us in his word. So if you get yourself ready here, Julia. There you go. Because you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, because you are following him today in his commandment to be baptized, it is my honor as your pastor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Michael, Michael Franklin, and we're excited to baptize him today. He's got a great smile. You love the Lord Jesus Christ. You've accepted him into your heart. You want to follow him in baptism. Let's get yourself ready. All right. Because of your profession of faith in Jesus, accept him into your life. You now want to follow him in baptism. It's my honor as your pastor, Michael, to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Justin Summers, smiling for the audience, for mom and dad. We've been knowing this young man since the day he was born, and we're thrilled today that it's in, accept in his acceptance of Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. It's my privilege as your pastor to be able to baptize you this morning, Justin, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Simpson, Leah, is, you accepted Jesus Christ into your life. Yes, I have. You want to follow him in baptism today? Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Okay. Well, I'll have you turned down. Right. Is there anything you'd like to say to the folks? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. All right. Because you've accepted, because you've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, it is my honor as your pastor to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. <laughs>
This is Dalila Derega. Yes. And yes. you are all the way from Peru. Yes. Part of our Esperanza ministry. If you've ever been around this sister, she is always full of joy and excited. She loves the Lord with all of her heart. Uh, amen. Amen. Gloria a Dios. Dios le bendiga. All right. It is my honor as your pastor to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. said it all. It's a good word up there. You want to renew your commitment and your faith to the Lord, following him in his, your first works, and he means everything to you. And uh, he has saved your soul, and you've accepted him into your life, and you're following him again in this, this baptismal experience so that you can confirm and reaffirm your faith. Awesome. As your pastor, it is my privilege and honor to baptize you this morning in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If you'd stand with us this morning, would you help me one more time to just thank God and praise the Lord for these that have been baptized. Amen. Praise God. Let's worship the Lord. Jesus is the answer for this world today. Of him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Of him there's Oh. 
Whisper his name. Jesus. Whisper his name.
Would you just praise him? Would you just praise him? Praise him loud. Praise him loud. We praise the Lord. We praise the Lord. Glory to you in the highs. worships God every morning. I believe the whole earth just wakes up. And when it wakes up and the light of day comes, I believe the whole earth, even the animals are smart enough to know that He is God over all the earth and all the universe. Sometimes us folks, man, we get a little amnesia. We forget that God's in control. We forget that God is mighty and awesome and magnificent and that he's sovereign and he's in control. He's on the throne this morning, no matter what the news might say. God is on his throne. So we have something to praise. I don't care. If your dog got run over and your mama has grounded you for a year, you got something to praise God for. Well, about 10 of you. You've got something to praise the Lord for. Just simply calling on his name. I have found him to be there in the darkest times of my life. And all I could do is just call out his name, Jesus. I've called out Jesus. I remember we were in a car accident when we were very young. My little sister came flying up. It was in the, the 70s. and She came flying up to the front, hit the dash. And all my mama cried out was she said, Jesus. Over and over again, Jesus, all the way to the hospital, Jesus. She got in the ER. She said, Jesus. She just kept saying, Jesus. You know, he showed up. You call on him and he'll show up. He'll be right there for you. How many of you have found the Lord to be faithful? And whenever you've called on his name, he's been there for you. Amen. Wow. Feels good in here this morning. Amen. Amen. Well, the Lord is to be honored and blessed. You can be seated. Just a few moments, we're going to, we have a special uh, baby dedication we're going to do. It isn't part of the normal scheduled uh, baby dedications because these folks are up from Texas and they're only here for, uh, is it Texas? From Nevada. <coughs> or, or as you said, Nevada. Okay. From out west. <laughs> Cowboys and Indians. Well, we're, 
We're glad that they're home. These folks grew up in our church, and we're glad that they're home visiting. And they have a beautiful little, is it Cordelia? Cordelia Dawn Alfrey. It's a brand new little baby. They brought her home to see the family, and we're excited that they're here today. Chaselyn and Corey Alfrey are here to dedicate their babies. If they would come forward, and any of your family that's here to stand up with you. Good to see you guys. As you come, all of you being important to this family and to this child, I charge you to be an influence, to, be an, to make an impact on the life of this beautiful little girl. Mark chapter 10 is where we, where we take our text when it comes to dedicating children. It says, and they brought young children to the Lord Jesus that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was much displeased and said unto them, suffer the little children or forbid them not. Suffer the little children to come unto me, forbid them not for if such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. And he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and he blessed them. Children are a gift from God, and they're given to parents, given the beautiful opportunity to be good stewards of this beautiful life that you hold. This baby, first and foremost, belongs to God. But he trusts you to raise her up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Mary and Joseph, you've got Hannah who presented Samuel. And all through the Bible, we have illustrations and examples of babies being brought to the Lord. And you bring your child to the Lord today. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. The Bible is very clear that if you need wisdom, to ask of the Lord who gives liberally. You're going to develop the character. You're going to develop the heart and the soul of this precious, beautiful baby. It's a stark responsibility but you can do it with the Lord's help. So we're going to dedicate this morning Cordelia Dawn Alfrey. My goodness, she has a lot of support, don't she? Corey, it's good to see you. pretty this morning. I love the oohs and the ahs that always come. Would you help me? Let's pray together. Our Father, as we come before you this morning, we bring little Cordelia to you. We ask you to bless her, to strengthen her life and to touch her, keep her and protect her from all harm. Let her know your presence all throughout her life. Let the angels of the Lord be before her and behind her, always marking out her steps and ordering them. We praise you and thank you, Lord, that you'll keep her from all harm, that your work will be accomplished and done in her, that you have a plan for her. We pray that she will live that out in the beauty of the Lord's holiness. We ask you, Lord, that you will touch these family members, these friends, all of those who are gathered here, that, God, you'll lay your hand upon each of them to understand the responsibility and the charge that goes with this beautiful gift. So I give her back to her family, 
I ask you, Father, to touch them. I pray over Chaislin and Corey. I lift them up to you as mom and dad, and I pray that you will bless their hearts and lives. Give them wisdom and grace. Lead them, Lord, as we dedicate little Cordelia to you in the altar in your house. We thank you for this today as we honor you for the gift that she is. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. if you would for just a moment to stand with me we're going to go before the Lord in prayer and as we do I want us to remember a couple of very important issues that we have currently in the church I see brother Glenn is here this morning brother Glenn you're on my list to pray for uh, good to see you today I want some of you gentlemen back there to lay your hand on him as we pray I want us to pray for brother Daly Carpenter who is in the hospital Leaving the Lord to touch him. He went in for a surgery procedure this week, uh, three or four hours long, and uh, from that he has now developed, I understand, double pneumonia. So we want to uh, pray for daily. Pray that God will touch him and raise him up in great power and strength, even this morning and this hour. Praying also for his son, Larry Carpenter, who's just had very serious open heart surgery, so we want to pray for him as well. And we're continuing to remember Virgil, Sister Liz. We want to pray for Virgil this morning and lift him up. How many of you would say, I have a very special need, Pastor. I want to be remembered in this prayer. God knows every detail, circumstance of your life. We're believing today for a, a touch. My goodness, you are such a beautiful looking crowd. Today's a selfie day. I'd like to take a selfie of all of you. Beautiful crowd. We have an awesome, mighty God. And he's here today. He hears every cry of his children. So we have confidence and we know. We're going to also pray for Israel and we're going to pray for the USA. I had a little experience that changed my whole message this morning, which you'll hear in just a few moments. I was watching the news and I was praying and I was praying for America like we do. I said, Lord, I pray over the president. I pray over the Senate, Congress. I pray over our leaders, every governor. I pray, Lord, for all these folks. I pray over our mayors and our cities. I pray over these folks. I pray over our education system. I pray over our first responders, those in the medical field and those in police uniforms. I pray over all of these folks. Lord, there's so much chaos and confusion going on in this world. Lord, they're just all mad at one another. It's just unbelievable what we see. I said, Lord, I pray for the country. I pray for when the Lord stopped me. He stopped me. He said, do you want to pray a, an effective prayer? I said, well, well, I thought that's what I was doing. The Lord said, pray for the church. I knew it was the Holy Spirit because I thought, wow, really? I mean, the yes, we pray for the church, but if he said, if you want to see a change in your country, you pray for the church. He said, as the church goes, so the world goes. my prayer changed brother Boyer I started walking around my house and I started saying Lord send fire in the church bring fire in the pulpits and bring fire in the choir loft and 
God, let your Holy Spirit minister in the pew and get people into a place where they're positioned to receive from you strength and healing and deliverance. That God will touch the church once again to be a powerful light and force of salt in this earth. We're called to be a powerful influence. We're not called to just get by. We're not called to hide out in our little club and try to, you know, just be safe until the rapture takes place. How many of you know we're supposed to be walking as army men and women, soldiers of the Lord, affecting change everywhere we go? We're supposed to make sure we're affecting and influence every, every restaurant you walk into today. You ought to walk in there and people go, what, it, did you feel that? What is going on in here? Every place you walk, you ought to have an anointing on your life. You are salt and you are light all over this earth. And it's about time the church rise up and be the powerful force that it's supposed to be. America will change. The world will change if the church will be the church. Amen. So I want you to bind together with me right now. We're going to pray for Israel. We're going to pray for America. But we're going to pray that the church be fired up to make a difference in all that is going on around this world. Are you ready? I want you to be, how many of you are in the church? You're part of the church. We know it's not the building, right? We know it's not the brick and the mortar. We know it's souls that are saved, sanctified, those that have been called out by God and, and redeemed by his blood. That's the real church, the living body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together right now. Father, we come to you. We ask you to minister. Lord, we're going to pray for the church first. I pray, God, for every father that he'll rise up to be a spiritual head and leader in his home. I pray, God, for moms that they'll be anointed to bring the nurture and the prayer and the intercessory prayer to their homes. I pray, God, there'll be a change in the atmosphere in this building. God, this brick-and-mortar building will be filled with the presence of Almighty God, that your work will be done and accomplished. The angels of God dispatched from this very house, Lord, to do your bidding and your work around this world. I pray there'll be a change in Middletown, a change in the state of Ohio. I pray there'll be a change in the country, the United States of America, because the church has been empowered. And Lord, we have been made mighty in the power and the work of God. I pray that you'll lead us, that you'll fill us full of your Holy Spirit, that we'll dress up this morning in the armor of God, ready to stand against the wiles of the devil. I pray, God, that you'll anoint us to affect change everywhere that we go. Let us know we are not to hide our light under a bushel, but God, we are to light up every room, every house, every restaurant or every organization, our workplace and everywhere that we go. Our neighborhood ought to be lit up bright and light because of the darkness that is dispelled because the child of God lives there. I pray God for the church this morning. I pray that that anointing will touch and minister and effect change in every school, in every place and establishment of business. And Lord, your work will go forth. I know that, Lord, as the church has been empowered and anointed today, there'll be a change on the street. There'll be a change in the hearts and lives of those who are fearful, those who are angry, those who are bitter, those, God, who are violent and even criminal. I believe there'll be a change as we, the church, rise up in the anointing of the Spirit of God. And we thank you for it, Lord. And in that process, we then pray. Lord, use us to bring change into the church, into the country, into our state, into our homes. Lord, and we pray for the state of Israel. 
we thank you that you protect her, that you keep her. Lord, on every border, on every side, though her enemies are poised against her. God, she will not fear because she knows that she is a chosen place of God's sanctuary. And every person who is there has been chosen and picked by God. And we thank you for your chosen people. We ask you to keep her, protect her, guide her and direct her, lead her leaders, God, in your perfect plan and will. And we know that you will. And Father, we seek her good and we pray for her peace. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, now we pray for these that are in the hospital. We pray that, God, you'll touch every hand that was lifted up. We pray that you'll minister across this congregation. We intercede for every family, for every man, woman, boy and girl, for everyone who's going through sickness, for those that are going through crisis and tragedy, for those who need direction and guidance, for those who need provision. We're believing you today for the miracles that are needed and represented in this house. We pray it all. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus Christ, the one and only King of all kings and Lord of lords, we honor you in your house today, and we thank you for the moving of your spirit. And everyone said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's give the Lord praise one more time. Amen. You can be seated. I don't need to tell you, I have been, I'm fired up. I start, it started, it started with me being discouraged. I, I got a little discouraged because I was watching all the news coverage. It seemed like it was breaking left and right. You never know what part of the world's going to be in. If it isn't in St. Louis or if it isn't in St. Paul or if it isn't down in uh, Dallas, Texas or wherever. It, it might be in Bangladesh or it might be in London or Paris. You never know seems like there's unrest it's a troubled world i begin to look at it all and I, i'm hearing the politics that goes back and forth and hearing all the mush that makes no sense i'm seeing anger and violence in the streets of america i'm seeing people filled with opinion I pause right there filled with nothing but opinion most of it not even based on fact however everyone's feeling you know what everyone's feeling I stared and looked into the faces of those on television. I wasn't looking at the anchors. I wasn't listening to their words. I was just watching the faces of the people. They're all afraid. They're all afraid, full of fear. Some of them respond in violence. Some respond in protest. Some respond in violent criminal ways. There's no excuse for it. Many, many innocent people are being hurt because of opinions. I don't discount that there's a lot of work needs to be done. I don't discount that lost people act like lost people. Can I get an amen? There's a lot of hurt. There's a lot of confusion, a lot of arguments going on both sides of it all. I looked at all of that and I looked into their faces and I thought, Lord, wow. What do we say to folks? Lord, how do I as a pastor, how do I respond? And yesterday I was doing a wedding ceremony. Right in the middle of the wedding ceremony, I was reading from 1 Corinthians 13. And I got to verse 8. Where it says, love never 
fails. And right there, in that wedding, people think sometimes weddings can't get anointed. I'm standing there in that wedding, and it dawned on me. Love never fails. That's what the world needs. That's what they all need. Love, real love. God is love. Love is the answer. Love is the answer for, for protection, for our first responders. Love is the answer for those who are hurting, the violent, and even just the peaceful protesters, all of that. Everybody needs love. There's one answer. You sang it a few minutes ago. Jesus is the answer. Is that the right key? For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Oh, Jesus. For the world today, above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. It was his disciples sitting around and Jesus was talking to them about what was going to take place and what was happening telling them he was going to be leaving them they were fearful they didn't know what was going to happen Jesus started talking about his father's house started talking about mansions he said I'm going to go and prepare a place for you and if I go and I prepare a place for you I'm going to come again receive you unto myself that where I am there you may be also he said, the way that I'm going, you know. And Thomas, Thomas, doubting Thomas, right? Thomas looks at him and says, Lord, how can we know the way? And the whole world is looking at the church. The whole world's looking at the, the government. They're looking at the schools. They're looking. And they're all saying, how do we know the way? How do we get out of this mess? And Jesus looked right into their eyes just like I'm looking in yours. Jesus said, Terry, he said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. That truth right there, that'll preach. Because Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no Jesus is the way. I'm telling you, Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's there's no other. Jesus is the way. Give the Lord praise this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You're the answer. We have peace in you. We have deliverance in you. We have safety in you, protection in you. Our blessing is in you. Oh, Lord. Man, that's good. That'll, that'll preach right there. And I'm going to say amen to myself. Amen. That's good. That's good. God bless you. Our restaurants are getting ready to come. But as they do, I want to congratulate a couple of folks. We have some uh, folks here at our church that have been studying hard and showing themselves approved as the Bible preaches. And uh, first of all, I want to congratulate Sister Elizabeth Rodriguez, who is now an ordained... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to miss it. 
She has been studying hard, and she has dedicated her ministry and her life's pursuits to God's will and to God's glory. She is the first Latino woman who is an ordained minister in the Church of God here in Ohio. Stand up. Stand up, Elizabeth. Amen. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Because you're just going to do it again. I know how you are. We're also very proud. If it wasn't for the hard work and the pastor's heart that we have in our Esperanza ministry, we love Brian and Amelia Little so much and honor them today. They're choice and close friends to me. Love working alongside of them, but he as well has studied to show himself approved. And he came home an ordained minister in the church of God as well. Brian, stand up. Amelia, stand with him. Brian, I love you. I can honestly tell you there is no greater joy in my heart than to work with this man. I respect him. I love him. He is a choice and good friend to me. And we have the same heart, and I love him very much. He and Amelia together Amen. are pastors according to the heart of God, and that there is no greater calling. Love you guys. With that said, love never fails. Say that with me. Love never fails. That's the new hashtag for today. Hashtag. If you know, how many know what a hashtag is? Ooh, we got some lessons to learn here. Another day. <laughs> Love never fails. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming and being faithful to help us, to help our people park, to help us baptize, help people be seated, to open doors for folks and to be there. We appreciate our ushers, too. Why don't we just appreciate them this morning while we're at it? In case you didn't know this, Bob Napier is our head usher, and he's the director of our ushers. Bob, turn around and let them see you. I love him. We're thankful for the Lord's blessings, his strength upon our lives. We come to him now and we, we come to give. He said, freely you have received, freely give. We give from hearts that are thankful. Where would we be without the Lord? Where would we be in our life and in our destiny, the plan for our own lives? Where would we be? without his touch upon our lives and his blessings over our lives. As you give today, thankful for those who are faithful to pay their tithe. Uh, the loose offering, as you know, always the church practices what it preaches. The loose offering will all go to world missions today. We have missionaries in 15 different places around the world where we are helping and supporting and ministering to their need. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be used. We give you honor and thank you for the blessings over our lives. We've come, Lord, to pay our tithe. We've come to honor you with our gifts. We praise you and thank you that you always take care of our needs. We give you the highest praise and honor for it all. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
your cry this morning won't you stand with me all over the house with your hands lifted up if you're comfortable to do that why don't you just call on the Lord to breathe breathe on the church breathe on your your family your life a fresh breath of God a wind of the Holy Spirit it'll turn everything around for you church today, God. Breathe on me. Breathe. Breathe on our children, Lord. Breathe on our children, Jesus. Hallelujah. chapter 37 and verses 1 through 10 I'm looking at the clock I'm gonna go like speedy Gonzalez Ezekiel 37 verses 1 through 10 the prophet Ezekiel's had a vision he looks at the present day and it's filled with hopeless situations fear on every side he doesn't see any life anywhere sees mass confusion depression discouragement violence, crime, perilous times. He says in verses, starting with verse 1, he says, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, 
There were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, talking about the Father, Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> can dead things come back to life? Can bones dried be ministered to and spoken over in such a way that they would live again? Can hopeless situations be turned around? Can miracles still happen today? So I answered, Ezekiel said, Oh Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones. Preach. Preach to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. And by the way, Gary and I did not get together on this at all. I didn't know what they were singing until I got to church today. But I love the way the Lord works. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. If the Lord speaks life over your deadness, it's coming back to life. If he speaks over your hopeless situation, it's going to turn hopeful real quick. If God speaks, if God breathes, if God moves, a miracle is going to take place. That's what's awesome. I'm so glad we don't have to just do church ourselves. I'd be pretty tired right now if I have, I'm the one who had to inspire you, if I'm the one that had to create a sense of momentum and excitement about serving the Lord, if I had to put on a show for you, I'd be miserably, man, after baptizing and dedicating and, and we've been singing and now I'm going to preach to you, it's like, are you kidding me? I'm too tired. I go home go to bed. But the Lord is in his house. Makes it easy. Makes it easy when the Lord is in his house. And if the Lord speaks over the service, things begin to happen. Dead things begin to rise up. Listen, so I prophesied, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. Verse six, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. There's a lot of people in this world today who need to know God is God. They need to know God is God. When Elijah called down fire on Mount Carmel, he said, Lord, answer with fire so that these people will know that you are God. I'm tired of everybody wondering which God is which. Which God's really in control. Which God, you serve your God, I'll serve my God, and we'll all just coexist together. You know what? That means there's no God. If everybody's got their own God, there's no God. But I found out that there is a real, omnipotent King of Kings sitting on a throne. And he's God. He's God Jehovah. He has a son. His name is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is here this morning among us, just like his word declares. I have found him on the mountaintop. I have found him in the valley. He is proved himself to me somebody comes along and says 
well, do you know if he's real? I'm like, I'm so sorry for you. I'm so sorry you haven't gotten to a place in your life where you don't know that yet. Man, I'm so sorry for you. I don't wake up questioning. Is God really there? He's there. He woke me up this morning. I, I get regular communications. I, I enjoy my fellowship. I enjoy being with him. My mother put that example in us as children. I wanted what she had. I couldn't stop until I had what she had. Then maybe there just needs to be somebody in your life that you want to, you want what they got. I wanted what she had. And I kept saying, how many times did I pray? I said, God, I want what mama's got. I want, I want a relationship with you like she has. I, I want to love you like her. I'd walk in the house. She'd be cooking macaroni on the stove, on the stove and all of a sudden she'd, woo, and she'd start shouting. I'd be like, macaroni ain't that good. <laughs> she'd be in, in the family room rocking to an Andre Crouch album. And she's just praising the Lord. Her hands go up. She's all by herself out there. Wasn't nobody looking, nobody watching. She wasn't trying to impress anybody. I walk in there and her hands are up. Tears are going down her face. She's praying in the spirit. And she is worshiping God. I said, I want what mom has. I want to know you like mom knows you. I want to know that you're there. I want to be able to call on you like that. I want to be able to feel and sense the answers to prayer like mama has. I want the testimony in my life that I know the Lord. And guess what? He showed up in my life. And I know him this morning. He's real. He's real. My God is real. Hallelujah. Oh. He's not a religion. He's not a denomination. He's not a ministry. He is God on the throne, creator of the entire universe. He deserves our worship. He deserves our praise. And if we stay here till 4 o'clock, he deserves that too. Somebody says, but pastor, no. <laughs> so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. Oh, y'all didn't get that. As I preached and started declaring the Word of God over the dead thing, over the valley of dry bones, there was a noise. There was a noise, and suddenly, a rattling, and the bones started coming together, one by one. Knee bones connected to the ankle bone, or the leg bone, and the leg bones connected to the hip bone, and the hip bone connects to the back bone, and the neck bone, and the head bone, and all of it starts coming together. All of, Can you imagine the noise that was going on? It's fun to preach when it's this good. It's fun. All you preachers out there, you're like, man, I wish I was up there. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them over, but there was no breath in them. Also, he said to me, how many of you know God will always finish what he starts? I said, how many of you know God will always finish what he has started? 
He started this church 100 years ago. How many of you know God's going to make sure this church goes all the way through to the coming of the Lord? He's going to make sure of it. You and I are just, we're, we're privileged and honored to be a part. But God's going to have a church. It started over there on Auburn Street. God blessed and touched the family, and they started having little prayer meetings. They had no idea. They had no idea. I would love for Pop and Ma Morrison, I'd love for them to be, come up here on this stage, humble, sweet little people that they were. I'd love for them to look at the crowd this morning. Say, you mean all this? All this happened just because we had a little cornbread in a Bible study? God's always going to finish what he starts. And when God starts something, it's big. It's always big. God don't do things halfway, mediocre, average. Oh, I just want to live. I just want a little cabin in glory. Don't you ever sing that song around me. I plan on busting the gate wide open. I plan on doing as much as I can to experience as much as I can. And I want my mansion to look beautiful. Now, I'm not just being selfish. I want to build up my own relationship with the Lord. That when I get there, a little cabin just ain't going to do. I want the best that God has. And God is here today to bless and touch you. I've got a few minutes to wrap up. 16 pages. How do you think that's going to happen? He also said to me that he, all, he said to me, then prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. Breathe on me. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Father, add your blessings to the word of God in the few minutes that we have. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody was seated. Y'all just stay right there. Don't leave unless you have to. Don't leave. Keep that, that song ready. I want that to be our altar in just a few minutes. It's only going to be a few minutes. How many of you know we need a breakthrough? How many of you know our country needs a breakthrough? We need an old-fashioned revival. We need something that will get the attention of the world. We need something that will give hope to folks. I'm not here to stand on one side or the other when it comes to politics. I'm about tired of all that. What I am here to do is stand on the side of what I know is right. And this is what's right. This word of God will take you all the way through every valley experience, every crisis, tragedy, trouble that you have. It'll take you through a marriage that's fallen apart. It'll take you through children that are disobedient and rebellious. It'll take you all the way through sickness, all the way through disease. It'll take you through the hard times when you don't have a job. It'll take you all the way through when you don't know what to do. Turn to the word of God. There's an answer for you in the word. He has answers for you to let you know when you need to feel encouraged and lifted up. There's questions and there's answers in here to every situation you'll ever find yourself in. We need a breakthrough. We need a sure word from the Lord. It don't take a rocket scientist. It don't take somebody to have a, have a, a 
a major epiphany to understand we're living in perilous times. You almost want to say, duh. We're living in terrible times, troubled times. The news reports don't look good. Don't look like it's getting any better, neither. Hopeless situations everywhere. Nobody knows what to do. You don't hardly know what side to stand on because everybody's mad. You want to be sympathetic to one area, then you make a bunch of other people mad. There is no answer. There's no, seemingly no place to stand. Except Jesus, I like you. Wherever you are, there you go. Bones. It's all bones. It's a wasteland of bones. It's a bunch of dry bones. I'm afraid in this hour and day, the church, I mean, the Lord gave me a big lesson when he told me, you want to pray for America? Pray for the church. He said, as the church goes, so goes the world. If that's the case, then the church is in trouble. There's too many churches sitting back patty-caking with their little organization and their little club meetings, and they're not getting anything done for the kingdom of God. This church wasn't born to be a patty-cake reunion. This church wasn't birthed 100 years ago for us to sit back on our, our nice padded pews in our big, nice building and run social organization or clubs. We were called to be an effect and an influence. We were called to be a light to the darkness in the Middletown community. We were called to be salt everywhere that we go, affecting change and being anointed of the Lord to make a difference everywhere we are. This church that came through wars, came through depression, came through all kinds of economic crisis and trouble, this church that stood through the test of splits and troubles, people that were self-centered and egotistical, it stood through a lot of different attacks through the hundred years. But here we stand this morning. And I am convinced that if we will not forget that we are sanctioned and called by God to be a place, a city set on a hill with a light so bright that people who are looking for hope, looking for help, looking for an answer, they can find it if they come up here. They better be able to come in here and find a welcome hand and a friendly smile and someone who will love them and say, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your background is. All I care about is that you are a soul and you need Jesus. And guess what? Jesus is here. Hallelujah. Jesus is here. We'll get the mentality that we are the answer through Jesus Christ, his body at work in this community. We're light. We're light. We got to make sure that our light isn't dim and our salt isn't bland. There ain't nothing worse and salt where a kid's been licking the top of it at a restaurant. I've decided I'm moving strictly to the little packs from now on. Somebody was joking and telling me the other day how somebody, well, my little kid, he, every you got to keep him away from that table. Every time he walks in there, he picks that up and just licks that thing right off. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's for a parenting class. We're not going there. We don't want our salt to be bland. Our light to be dim. God is trying to breathe 
on some people. God is trying to bring life. See, I can't say that I, I blame all the people who are so angry and so upset. I'm not trying to be defensive. I don't get in conversations with people and try to be defensive. I look at them and I say, well, wherever the church has hurt you, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't there. I hope it wasn't me. If it was me, forgive me. I can't do anything about that. People to people, hurt people, hurt people. And we've got all those phrases. The lost act like lost people. We ought not to be surprised, but sometimes we are. sorry for all that but it doesn't negate the fact that the church is still instituted originated in the heart and the mind of God and he's got his hand on the church he's got his hand on a real church there may be a lot of clubs there may be a lot of organizations and maybe a lot of folks that come together and meet together feel better feel good go out and have lunch and they just had a cute little service and it was just wonderful and that's all right that's good church was built to affect change and Jesus said on the truth of Christ on the truth of him that Peter stood up and said you're the son of the living God he said on you that truth Peter like your name means rock I'm gonna build my church on that truth I'm gonna build my church and then he let us know he says and the gates of hell are not gonna be able to prevail against you what he was saying right there is it's gonna be a battle it isn't supposed to be cute it's supposed to be a fight it's supposed to be Ephesians chapter 6. Get your armor on. We're supposed to be in the war, on the battle lines, on the front line. You wonder why you're weak and you're beggarly and you're struggling and you, don't, you can't let go of sin and you, you live your life up and down and in and out and wishy-washy and you never, nobody never knows what you're really doing, whether you love God or hate God or you're serving God or not. You, you wonder why? It's because you have not settled the issue of God being God and the world being the world and hating that enough. That you need an answer for your life and you get away from all that. You haven't made up your mind yet. When you make up your mind and you finally understand what the church is supposed to be and what it will be and could be and can be in your life, you'll become radical like the rest of us. You'll become on fire like some of us here. In a good way. In a way that affects change. Brings revival. The Jesus inside of you, others should want did you hear what I said? The Jesus inside of you, others should want. And if they don't want it, then there's a problem. And there's only one place to figure that out. That's right here. Figure it out. God hasn't moved. He's unchangeable. When I looked into that TV the other day, and the Lord said, you want to see a real change? You want, to, you want a fervency? You want to see fire? You want to see a real change? He said, pray for the church. He wants to empower us. He wants to empower us for his glory and for his work. He wants to make us that light to this city. He wants us to affect change. Wherever you work, wherever you go, people ought to be looking at you going, what is it about them? There's something about them. 
There's something, you walk into a room, if there's darkness in that room, they ought to feel a little uncomfortable. They ought not to feel like everything's all right. I mean, they ought to feel like, wow, what just happened? Someone turned the light on in this room. When you walk into a conversation, your conversation ought to bring flavor to it, change to it. When everyone's talking about down and everything and crushing everything and destroying everything and talking about everybody, you ought to be the one that stands up and says, the Lord is so good. He's kind. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's good. He's a loving Father. He is a deliverer. He's a healer. He is a mighty God. He's powerful. He's awesome. He is so good and merciful and kind to his people. He's a God of great power, so you keep going. You keep getting up. You get knocked down. You get back up. You don't stay down. I'm not going to condemn you and push you further down. I'm going to lift you up. My hand is not here to push you down. Mine is to lift you up. I want to be that one that speaks life into your life. And as we speak life, dead things begin to come to life. The Lord has challenged me in my own prayer life to prophesy, Brother Charlie, and to preach to the dead things. It starts in the church. Say amen. It starts in the church. I want him to examine me. That first chorus when you sing that song, it says, breathe on me. Breathe on me. Let the fire of your spirit breathe on me. Breathe on me. Adam looked like a human being. Adam was made out of that clay and laying there lifeless. And he was formed in the image of God. And there he lay. But it says God reached down and blew the very breath of life. And man became a living soul. It was on the day of Pentecost when 120 folks were gathered in the upper room. When they were there tarrying and praying. That all of a sudden the Bible says there was a sound. Uh oh, noise. Uh oh, noise. A sound as of a rushing mighty wind, breath. That came and filled the house where they were. The breath of God. And then they began to be filled with the Holy Spirit one by one. The prayer for me is God. I pray that you'll breathe on the Stratford Heights Church of God. I call on the four winds, the north, the south, the east, and the west. I call on the winds of God, the angels of the Lord who move amongst the heavens. I call on them to breathe on this church. I, breathe, I ask him, I plead with him, I beg him, God, send a fire in the church. Send a rain, whatever it is. If it's blessings, if it's fire, if it's a flood, whatever it is we need, God. We may need a little fire sometimes. We might need a little rain on another day. Whatever it is, God, we're standing here needing you and wanting your breath, your work, your hand to move on us. I want him to empower us in such a way that we will see more of the move of God, that sinners that come into our congregation, those that are lost, don't know Jesus, won't be able to get past the first song. They'll be running to the altar. I want to get to the place where people are under a conviction because God is trying to save them. Because how many of you know, God said, I'm not here to condemn the world. I'm here to save them. I want to rescue them. I want them none to perish. 
God's trying to save people. It's been the church. Oh, Ray, don't do this. Don't go there. It's been the church. The church that creates the issue, the condemnation, lays the guilt trips, looks down their nose. It's the church people that through the years has messed up the work of God in the lives of people who are desperately searching. Yes, they're broken. Yes, they're lost. Yes, they're sinful. Yes, they have blown it and they've disgraced themselves and shamed their families and they come looking in the church and won't hardly even lift their head. They won't even look over next to see who's sitting next to them for fear of what someone's going to say or how someone's going to look at them. Breathe on me, Lord. Breathe on us, Lord. Change the atmosphere, God. Help us to remember that we once were lost, but now we're found, was blind, but now we see. Help us, God. Help us to effect change, to show the glory of our Father, to show the mercy and the grace. You see, so many people I've talked to through the years have all said, I'm not mad at Jesus, but I'm mad at the church. Here's my desire. And if it's okay, and Andrew, I'm just, I might even take a vote. I want to be a church. It's my watch. Y'all voted me in. You can't vote me out today. You can form a coup if you want. Somebody can take over. But right now is my season. It's my watch. Jeff, I want to be a church where people feel that mercy and that love and that grace and that welcoming heart. And they feel, they feel the hands of God embracing them, loving them. He said, it's not my will that any perish. Contrary to popular belief, God loves all of them. He loves every one of them, no matter where they're from, no matter what they look like, no matter what they've done. God loves them all. I want to be a church. I want to be a church that looks like heaven. In heaven, you see, everyone's going to be happy, holy. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be amazing. I want heaven on earth. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm not praying a prayer that's not right. I want to be a church that makes a difference. I want people to say, if you want to go to Jesus, you go to that church. If you want love, you go to that church. If you want friends, you go to that church. Now listen, I can't be everybody's best friend. Our staff can't be everybody's best friend. You got to be friends. You got to be friends with people. You got to start laughing, joking, and taking them out to the freshness. You got to be the one that's loving on people, making them feel welcome and apart. Nobody should ever come to this church, not with a thousand people. Nobody should ever come to this church and ever feel lonely. That, that's ridiculous. But it's the responsibility of everybody in the house. 
you got to make friends and make brothers and sisters and fellowships. And you got to get together. You got to join our small group ministry. You got to get in a class. You got to serve in the nursery. You got to do stuff. You got to get out and get involved. You do your part, and then everybody else has got to do their part. I mean, I want it to get to the point where I'm like, hey, does anybody want to go out with you and me? Can I go? Is all y'all, oh, sorry, Pastor, we ain't, we ain't got room for you. <laughs> okay. I want it to be a beautiful, amazing, wonderful church. I want it to look like heaven. Stand with me, I'll, sh I'll shut up. I have given you all that you need. You will have no lack. I will empower you with my spirit. You will affect change and be a difference in every heart and life that is searching for me. Be what I've called you to be. Stand in the strength and the power of my might. Do not look to the left or to the right. Keep your focus on me. I will bring you out and I will lead others out in your shadow. Be my church. Wow. Wow. Lord, we thank you for your spirit here today. It's calling upon us to a deeper, more, more intimate relationship with him. I believe that with our new expansion project and what we're trying to do with Clayton Street, making a difference this, this year, this summer with our, our tote ministry and buying school supplies, everything we're trying to do to affect change in our community, everything we're trying to do to be what God wants us to be, and to show the compassion and love that we need to. He's wanting us to know he's going to empower us for it. He's going to transform us and change us. I believe we need a revival in our church. We're a good church. The Spirit of God moves here. and I, It's wonderful. It's refreshing to come here. But He's challenging us to launch out into the deep. He wants us deeper. He wants us to be a church that will be a light and salt to our community. He wants us to move out of mediocrity and move out of, of where we are into a deeper place. Whatever stage or whatever place that you and I are, God's calling us to deeper. You're here this morning because God is preparing you for His coming. God is preparing us as a church for His coming. God is preparing for a work He wants to do in this community before He comes. Don't give up now. Don't throw in the towel now. My goodness, we're almost there. God wants to empower us as a church today. I would ask you, if you would, for just the moment that we have, would you get out from where you are and meet me in this altar just as quickly as you can? If you're hungry today, if you're hungry for more of God, if you want to be used, you want the fire, you want to be part of the church 
that makes a difference in the world. Step out from where you are and meet me in this altar as quickly as you can. in your presence, Jesus. You do the work that you need to do. Everybody's at different places. Some are, are at one place and, and others at, at another place. God, you know where our need is. We're open to you today. We've come forward. We've, we've packed the aisles. We're here, God, and we bring ourselves to you, our families to you, our hearts to you. Breathe on us, Lord. Take us into that deeper place with you. God, challenge our hearts. Stir up the hunger within us. Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Thank you, Lord. Touch our hearts together. Minister your strength and your grace to your people. Touch us and move on us, God. Breathe on us, Jesus. Breath of new life. Breath of new life. Lord, we prophesy over the deadness in our community. We prophesy over the situations in our lives. God, we speak to those hopeless situations and we praise you and thank you that, Lord, there's new life coming. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, breathe. Breathe on me, Jesus. Breathe on us, Lord. Fill this place. Fill our hearts, Lord. Fill our hearts, Jesus. Fill our families, our houses, Lord, with your presence. God, I pray that you'd save husbands. I pray that you'd save wives, that, Lord, our children would come home. The prodigals would come back, would come home. Lord, we're praying for a move of your spirit. We're speaking to dead things this morning. We're speaking to the dead things, Father. We're speaking to our country. We're speaking, Lord, to the violence, to the crimes, to the hate. We're speaking to unforgiveness. We're speaking, Lord, to the fear that's all around us. We speak to it. We prophesy over it the breath of God, the power of God, the words of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I pray over every man, every woman, boy and girl on this altar, in this church. I pray over your families. I pray over your lives. I pray that God will empower you. It will touch your life in such a way today that you'll sense and know the presence of God, the power of the Lord at work in your life. He'll show you what to do. He'll show you how to go deeper. He'll show you by His Spirit. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into the light and into the truth. 
I pray that today every man will be filled, every woman will be filled, that the power of the Lord will touch us to where we will be strengthened with might to fulfill the deep desire of God, to know, to know the height and the depth and the width and the length of his love. Oh, in the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. We pray it this morning in your mighty name and we give you glory, we give you honor. Lord, we will see a difference. We will see a difference in Middletown, in our community, in the tri-state area. We will see an affecting change. We will prophesy, we will preach your word. We will not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We will work, Lord, till late at night. We will get up ready to serve early in the morning. Lord, we will be your children. We'll be your vessels of honor. We will do what we can. Meet for the master's use and prepare for every good work. We will be your light, Lord, and we'll be your salt. Empower us by your Holy Spirit. You are God. You are God. And Lord, we want to be your church. Not a church. We want to be your church. Your church built upon the rock. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everyone together said amen. 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 God bless you this morning. Come back tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to be preaching on lessons in our troubled time. So come and be with us at 6 o'clock. At least hug about five, six, seven people. Let them know that you love them today. And God bless you. Don't forget about the tote ministry. We mentioned that. We're in the process of raising all the, the funds and the money for paying for all of the school supplies for the Highview Middle School and the Ohio Christian Academy. So go by and pick up the list so that you can help us with that today. God bless you. It's out in the lobby.